HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Fiji Water and Patina Events at Brooklyn Botanic Garden, an idyllic location for weddings, corporate events, and parties of any style. Visit us at patinaevents.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, April 4th, 2018. This is the 172nd episode of the series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is a top food blogger and social media influencer, and I'll introduce her fully in a moment. First, as I do on every show, I will start out with my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to develop your own voice. Take what you've learned from others and in life to hone your own opinion, and then always speak your truth. We are all unique and should embrace our individuality rather than try to be just like everyone else, as that would be boring. So instead, be you, and whatever that is, own it. You only have one voice, so it should make you proud. That's my tip today. Now, I'm really excited to have my guest in the studio. It is Dara Pollock. She is of The Skinny Pig a local NYC food blog born in 2008, covering recipes and restaurant reviews. Her tagline is, where gluttony is no longer a sin. Dara is a freelance food writer, a social media influencer. She was born and raised as a New Yorker, and she graduated from FIT with a degree in advertising and marketing communications, but eventually realized that her passion for fashion 
was not as strong as her passion for bacon. <laughs> so welcome, Dara. Thank you. You like that one? I thought that was really clever. I do. <laughs> saying it out loud, I was like, passion for fashion. Uh-huh. That's, yeah. That yeah. was my little thing there. I was like, it's this great. works. <laughs> it does work. And yeah. then, of course, the tie into bacon and the skitty pig, we have Always. to, we're going to get into that. So so let's, let's let, yeah, let's get into it. So how did you start out with your career and, and go from, from fashion into the food world? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting story, long story, but I will try to give you the abridged version. But um, I was actually a dancer, ballet, tap, and, you know, all that. And uh, when I was 17, my senior year of high school, I actually got hit by a car and I nearly lost my leg. Um, But thankfully, I did not. (laughs) And um, yeah, it was definitely a hard rehabilitation process. But I was in the hospital for a month, like laid up in bed, you know, had like 16 surgeries on my leg. And while I was laid up, I just all I did was watch Food Network. I just found it very like soothing and kind of like cathartic in a weird way to watch people cook. So I was like, well, any shot of being a dancer, you know, was pretty much out the window. Uh, so I was like, I kind of needed a new creative outlet. And that was when I decided that, you know, I was like, I'll give my, you know, give it a shot at cooking. I always loved to eat. I mean, <laughs> eating was always a very big part of my life. Um, but yeah, that was when I would like hobble up the stairs and I wasn't able to even stand yet, but I would like pull over a stool, like over to the stove and I would just start cooking. And that's kind of how it all started. I took a food writing class while I think I was at FIT because um, it was just a hobby, you know, and uh, that's kind of how it all just developed. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I know I, sometime last year you wrote a bit about mm-hmm. about your story and I'm so yeah. glad you shared it. And I'm thank you. And it's. Yeah, no, listening to you say that, I, you know, getting, getting, <laughs> getting emotional, the getting the feels, <laughs> yeah, getting the feels. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, I don't know if you think thing, things happen for a reason, you're able to Absolutely. turn it into, to something else. Yeah. And, um, and that silver lining and the fact that you found this other career. So I, re- I was thinking back, I think we first connected through the strong buzz. Oh my God. Yeah, that's right. right. Yes. Okay. So through Andrea and she was the person, Andrea Strong, love her. She was the woman who taught the food writing class that I took because she kept telling me, she was like, I really think you have a talent for food writing and just writing in general. And I was just like, yeah, whatever. This is just a hobby. Like, no. And she was like, I'm telling you, I think you do. If you ever want to write for my website, like, let me know. And then I was like, okay, maybe I'll start a blog. Like maybe I'll do some writing for her. And I did that. Like just, you know, like little things here and there for her, like reviews. I think the first place I reviewed for her was Maison Premier, uh, which is now like one of the best oyster bars in Williamsburg. A good one. <laughs> Such a good one. Um, and I hate oysters. So that was really oh. fun because <laughs> I was like, I have to review a place where I can't really eat any of this stuff. But um, yeah, it was really fun. And it's just so weird. That's why I do agree that everything happens for a reason because like that's how it all started. It's so crazy. I forgot yeah. we met that way. <laughs> yeah, no, I was thinking about it. And Andrea, I mean, the, the Strong Buzz was really one of the first yeah food blogs that that people really paid attention to and Absolutely. had a voice and there's a lot there's a lot more in that arena now but it's nuts yeah, yeah. um and pr to you know food writer relationship started so <laughs> yes indeed <laughs> yeah so so i think i mean i i know you we did a, a, a interview from south beach uh wine and food festival and you answered this question but i'm going to ask it again about the, your name just so people know like how did you come up with the skinny pig 
Totally. Yes. Um, so it actually was kind of a nickname because again, being a dancer, I felt like I was, uh, like the Michael Phelps of dancing. Like I was just always w- working out essentially like dancing five times a week, multiple hours a day. I just ate whatever I wanted. And I ate so much. I had such a massive appetite that I think somebody like walked in on me one day, like eating like a bucket of cheese fries, basically. <laughs> it was like from Outback or something really <laughs> <Yeah>. like crazy. <laughs> and, uh, they were just like, how do you eat so much and stay thin? You're like a skinny pig and I think that's kind of where it started it just stuck and I was like that has a nice ring to it that's it. It's stuck. Yeah. yeah. Do people ask you a lot? Yes, they do. I mean, they kind of um, sometimes think now that I'm like a like a fitness person, I guess, because of the word skinny. Because oh, there's yeah, because like there's other bloggers like um, I want to say somebody skinny taste or something like that. Like makes like mm-hmm. recipes that are you know like healthy ish and whatever. So I'm like, no, <laughs> I was like this is this is not that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But do you, do you still? I mean, we could get into a little. Uh, you still. Do you still dance? And you also, I know, have a relationship with uh, Capizio. Yes. Yes, I do. I'm a brand ambassador for Capizio, actually. Um, And it was because, yeah, I reached out to them a while back, uh, just kind of looking for a place to tell my story a little bit outside of my own blog, something that, you know, I thought might help people because it's another reason I got into this is to try to help people through food and just through sharing some of my experiences. And they were very moved by it in the same way that you were. And so now I'm I'm an ambassador for them. And uh, I do still dance occasionally. I wish I had more time to do it. And I'm also getting older now. Things are all like falling apart. You're much (laughs) younger than me. So it's all good. But no, it's true, though. I mean, like I took a couple tap classes not long ago and I just was like in pain for two days and I was like yeah my body's starting to reject this but I'm gonna push through it (laughs) Yeah. yeah well what does it mean to be an ambassador so it could be a lot of different things for different brands. Um, in this case, you know, I definitely will try to incorporate the clothes into a lot of the posts that I wear because, you know, a lot of people are into athleisure now. So that's a, you know, athleisure. Yeah, that's, that's a thing. That's a, I like it. <laughs> it's a thing, I swear. Um, so like, you know, I have leotards from Capizio that actually are dance leotards, but I wear them under jeans sometimes as like women wear bodysuits under mm-hmm. skirts and pants. It's same kind of thing. So I wear things like that. And if I post about it, I'll always make sure that I'm tagging them and mentioning like my hoodie is from Capizio or whatever and then I also will create blog posts for them depending on what I'm doing uh fitness classes too if I take anything that I feel like they might be interested to know about I'll you know pitch it their way and see if I can write about it it kind of involves different things yeah and on their end what do they what are they doing for you? It's like a cross-promotional okay. thing. I mean, they have obviously yeah. a huge reach. So if I like post something, then they'll repost it usually, or they'll tag me in some of their stories. You know, it's just a cross cross-promotional right. effort, really. That's it. Okay. And there's I no, think it's cool. It's yeah, a great it's, brand. It is. It's a great brand. And, you know, it's, it's, no, um, it's not like a payment situation. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a thing that I am very passionate about, and uh, I just do it. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think it's cool. Yeah. So while we'll finish up talking about dancing stuff, I'll ask mm-hmm. you my question from my last episode. So I had on a fellow dancer uh, from her, from her, her, I don't, from her, I don't know, before she got into her career. Um, so I had on an episode 171, Emily Takudis. She's the executive commissioning editor of Food and Drink at Fiden, a premier publisher of books. So as I said, she has a dance background before her food life, and she saw on Instagram your story. So um, she wants to know, how has your dance experience and background a part of your life and food world today? And mm-hmm. Maybe we sort of answered that a little bit, but... 
Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think that discipline is something that you learn when you're a dancer from a young age. So I think that having that instilled in me just um, in terms of like the eating, honestly, like everyone always always asks me, how do you eat so much and stay relatively in shape? And that's a big part of it is you have to be disciplined, especially doing what I do, even uh, like on the job aspect, like you have to be disciplined with everything that you do, the time that you get up, because I work for myself, you know, the portion controlling of the food is discipline. So I think that that's a big part of it. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the best way that it incorporates. And obviously, yes, it does give me a way to uh, exercise and actually have fun with it as opposed to just like running or something incredibly boring. But you know, <laughs> yeah, I wish I was somebody who enjoyed running. I really do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I enjoy running. But that's a great answer. Yeah. And I get that question, too. And I do think it's like, yeah, watching watching a little portion control there. Yes, always. Um. I mean, you have to. <laughs> uh, you have to. However, I did eat five slices of pizza here before, so, you know. <laughs> well, when, when, when at Roberta's. Yes, when you know, at Roberta's. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, cool. So uh, let's take a little break here and then we're going to come back. We'll talk all about what you're doing with you with your food writing and Instagramming and social media and Ooh, all of the above. The fun so, stuff. So um, stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Patina Restaurant Group offers unparalleled service in New York's most iconic locations, including Lincoln Center, Rockefeller Center, and Macy's Herald Square. From meetings and presentations in the glass-walled atrium, to galas in the renovated Palm House, and intimate wedding showers at Yellow Magnolia Cafe, your event will be perfectly imagined and customized at Brooklyn Botanic Garden. You can also enjoy a la carte brunch and lunch at the picturesque Yellow Magnolia Cafe overlooking Lily Pool Terrace. Chef Rob Newton and Chef de Cuisine Morgan Jarrett offer warm, distinctive cuisine with a focus on local vegetables, grains, and sustainably sourced meats and fish. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Dara Pollock of The Skinny Pig. She's a freelance food writer and social media influencer. Let's talk all about that. Your writing, your your social media-ing, mm-hmm. <laughs> making yes. up words. Um, so, yeah, so you, you have your blog and you also write for other outlets today. Yes, yes I do. Okay, and... and so are you pitching and what are you what are you covering? Yeah, um, it depends, honestly. Uh, when I first started freelancing, just writing, I mean, um, I pitched a lot of different things because I was really just trying to expand, you know, the portfolio and get my name out there. So I was kind of pitching whatever like came into my inbox and I was like, oh, this sounds cool, whatever. Um, But obviously it's always food related um, things that are interesting and different. I tried to try to go for now. Um because it's so it's so tough with freelance writing. Um, if I'm being totally honest, I have zero idea how anybody makes it as a freelance writer in New York City. I'm not even joking. Like it, yeah. it is so tough. No, it's you got to hustle. You got to hustle, really? and yeah. and it's just like the publications too. You know, they are very like they get so many, and they have so many people creating content that the rates that you get paid now are just so so low. It almost makes it like. 
as the writer, it makes it not not worth it to pitch so much, you know. So I try to be strategic about what I'm pitching. Like I went to this place recently. Um, it was the uh, one hotel uh, in Brooklyn downtown, and their rooftop bar was called uh, Brooklyn Heights Social Club. And it was a beautiful space, like very unique, very different. Nothing I haven't been in in, a, in like a while, at least. Like nothing I've seen was like that. And I was like, wow, this place really speaks to me. So I pitched it to Playboy Digital. And, you know, they were like, yeah, we really like this. And the way I framed it, I guess I said it was something like um, – if James Dean and James Bond were to have a drink, this is where they would go or something. They were like, we love that. So, you know, it was exciting. Uh, it was my first piece I've ever written for them. But that's the type of stuff that I try to go for is stuff that's different because it just it, there's so much out there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I saw your piece. Thank and you. That's, that's awesome. You you got that. Yeah. It's very exciting. Because then, it, yeah, it might lead to, to other opportunities. <laughs> yeah, well, with Playboy, I, I you know, I got to limit those opportunities, though. <laughs> yeah, but, or, you know, other I, outlets, I know too. Yeah. So, so social media came about, I don't know how many years ago now. What, where? I mean, if you're going like Facebook, that's like 2006, 2005. Yeah. Are we going back to MySpace? 2003. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I wasn't thinking MySpace, but yeah, that no. is, we should, no one yeah, does. glad we're giving it a shout out. Um, <laughs> yes, no one does anymore, so. Yeah, so, and Instagram. Sorry, <laughs> so Instagram is, I mean, I don't know, that's, let's, let's talk about how, well, you use, your handle is mm -hmm. the same as, as your, your website. Yes. Well, it's skinny, well, it's skinny pig enough. NYC. That's okay. the thing that's so frustrating, but yes. Well, no, but I mean, let's talk about, like, what. I mean, how did you get in, into social media and grow your following? Yeah. Um, so I think I started my, ins well, I, I had an Instagram account that it's the same as like, if you go deep creep into my Instagram way back, it's the same. Like it was just different handle. It was like my personal account, like Dara P411 or something like that. I remember that actually, you? now that oh you're saying God. it. I probably still follow it. <laughs> no, no, it's, oh, it's, it's this. It's this. Okay. I just changed the name because I started being like, oh, this is a cool place to house all of my food photos. Cause you know, oh, and I should mention that my blog, this is my 10 year anniversary oh, of my blog. Yeah. Anniversary. Thank you. 2008 is when I started it it's crazy um but yeah so I was like this is like a cool place to put my food photos awesome and I just started putting them there and then when I noticed that they started to get a little bit of traction like from people who really like food and not just my own friends that followed me and my account was like private like most people who started out and I was like you know maybe I'll change this to skinny pig and I actually wanted at skinny pig but somebody has been squatting on it since like 2011 <laughs> and I cannot get that handle so I made it skinny pig NYC and, uh, yeah, I think around 2014, 2015 is when it started to like pick up. I got reposted by food and wine once and I gained almost 2000 followers in one night. That wouldn't happen now in a million years. Yeah. Actually, I got reposted once from food and yeah. wine. It didn't do much. Oh, I mean, really? no, it didn't. I mean, it was, it was a picture I took of stone crabs down in Miami. Was it I remember recent? this. It was probably mid like no it was probably like four years ago okay interesting it got a tremendous amount of likes on their page like okay. i think it got like thirteen thousand likes Whoa. but i think i got like five new followers that's interesting i wonder <laughs> yeah hmm. were but, you private no i've actually yeah, i never started my account private ah, i don't believe interesting okay but but yeah. you also you you well how did you get into photography and and realize that this was a direction that 
you could incorporate into your career. Yeah, totally. And even that's crazy when I think about it. Like I just did a shoot the other day for a client and the photos are in Urban Daddy, like on their website. Like it's You take beautiful photos. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But but again, if you go into my Instagram from way back in the day, it is not cute. Um, Lots of flash, lots of messy plays. It's disgusting. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I, uh, how did I get into that? I don't know. Well, you know, as a food blogger, food is very visual and very colorful. So I had always taken in pictures of my food. I remember when I would go out to like dinners and lunches way back in the day, like with my little point and shoot or Mm -hmm. even with, you know, phones when their cameras were decent. And that's, uh, yeah, it just kind of progressed. And I was like, I just discovered that I really love looking at food photos. (laughs) So I got really into Instagram and it became like a thing for me that I was like aspiring to be like, there were accounts that I followed that I was like, wow, I want to shoot like that one day. And then here we are. So <laughs> yeah. So now, how do you how do you work with or how do you how do you work with companies or restaurants with what the content you're putting on Instagram and sure. other social media outlets? Sure. So um, well, with restaurants, it's straight up a barter situation. I mean, I think most people know this by this point. Um, from a food blogger and food influencer standpoint, you come in, you or the restaurant or the PR company invites you in, you have a meal, you take pictures of that meal, and then you post it on Instagram, everybody wins, right? That's mm-hmm. the method, that is the program that works. Um, <laughs> but I'm the, familiar. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, you know, I was like, this is for everybody else who's listening. Um, but yeah, so that's how that works. Um, I haven't really changed that. Uh, some people, from what I understand, actually have started charging for things things um and in their defense because some people might think that that's like bad or something but I think it depends on what you're doing like if I'm coming in and I'm doing a like a legitimate photo shoot for you and I'm taking your entire menu 1000% I'm going to charge you for that that's photography um if somebody's coming in to shoot a video same thing that's a lot of work behind it you got to edit you got to film it's mm-hmm. I think that is 100% yeah. something that people should pay for um and then with brands you know it depends but it it really, I think, depends on the brand and what they're asking for. But a lot of the brands that I work with are mostly food related. There's occasionally certain things that are like uh, apparel or something like that. But um, for the most part, it's mostly food brands. Yeah, cooking especially, obviously. So, yeah. And they give you assignments to to post or what are the obligations? And it's also like with Insta, Insta stories, mm-hmm. how... How do also how do you, I'm always myself wondering like how do you how do you justify the what you're doing when something disappears after you know 24 hours like are you do you yeah we have some background noise yeah. with with <laughs> with uh, the Roberta's crew but uh, that's okay it's um yes well but people at home people at home <laughs> you probably hear that too but that is why we're live here at the back of Roberta's yes um, yes so so yeah just with mm-hmm. with um, I guess with with what your obligations are with or how like insta stories is working and how much are you doing that now oh yeah um so that depends well i mean do you mean just uh on a personal level like when i'm living my everyday life or you mean from a brand and like sponsorship end of things i mean you can answer it either either or or Mm -hmm. i mean for me i find everything ties together yeah so maybe you're i mean if you're a good content creator it does (laughs) it should i mean no i'm I'm just like yeah but i don't know or i mean however you want to answer that yeah yeah um well it's tough because i think that the toughest thing i find with like 
uh, Instagram stories is always trying to make things look like a cohesive, like what you were just saying. Like, it looks like everything flows together naturally. Like, you know, you put up something on Instagram, like in feed, then you have something on your stories that links to it. Like, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then you also have, like, here's what I'm doing with my day. And, like, then it's just, like, a series of photos. And then it's, like, it should all flow. Um, It depends, though, when you're doing branding stuff. Sometimes that can be a little trickier to make it look organic, but that's why I'm, I'm pretty careful and strategic about the companies that I work with like you know obviously if some vegan company is going to come and try to work with me I'm going to be like "Eh, I think you have the wrong audience you know yeah (laughs) Um, but yeah it's tough because you always have to be like on that's the thing with stories and that's with an influencer in general in general is always being on I think that's the tough thing about it (laughs) yeah but if you're I don't know you're good yeah. at it. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be. Yeah, people think I live this glam life, and I'm like, no, I really don't. But I guess that makes me like good at my job. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. It does. So um, funny. I mean, where do you think? As is a tough question, but where do you think social media is? is what What do you think's next? Or do you yeah. think Instagram is going to stay as strong as it is now? I feel that's, in my opinion, the the one in the food world that that everyone's really taken to yeah. because it's food pictures. And yeah, it's interesting. I it's funny that you say like as strong as it is now. It is strong, but it's not nearly as strong as it used to be. I mean, it, the the yeah. space is so cluttered now that it's pretty hard for anybody who's coming into the game and that's new. Like God bless because it is tough to make yourself stand out now. Um I know that I'm like definitely lucky that I came about in this industry in this field at a certain time that food influencers weren't really a thing. Now you go, you know, check New York City and food influencers there's like a thousand probably more honestly um it's crazy so you know the bigger the pond gets the smaller you know or what's the term that i'm trying to you know yeah i know (laughs) you know what i'm trying to say yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly (laughs) so i was like a big fish in a small pond now it's like the other way around is what i'm saying but um yeah it's it's tough i don't know that it's i don't think instagram is going to go away like at all i think it's going to be around um but you know you have to start thinking like what's what if it did go away, these influencers? Like, what would you do? That's another reason I like to diversify what I'm doing. And I like to do other things like, you know, freelancing and doing PR and consulting for restaurants. That's why I like to do that, because what if it did disappear tomorrow? Like, I know it's extreme and it won't, but what what would you do? Yeah. <laughs> and you're also, you're, you do, you get, you manage some accounts for, do you do that? No. I or used to. You used to. I used to. I haven't done uh, it anymore. Like now I said, um, now I do like the consulting end of things. I okay. do like brand strategy for restaurants and um, different brands. I'll help them strategize the, you know, social media. I'll help them with any branding issues they have. And then I'll also help with like events and things like that. So it's more of like a consultant level. And I love that stuff, like strategy and things like that. Is like and being creative and finding ways to like yeah. make your brand stand out. That's that's what I love to do. So it's a good direction for me. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. What just just so uh, as far as numbers, like what's your following right now? I want to say it's eighty seven point seven k. While we were talking, it probably went up a point. Oh God, a yeah, point eight. Um, I would hope, but I, like I said, the growth is so slow these days; it's crazy. Do you do you try? I mean, is are you trying to get more followers? Are you? No. And is there? A, <laughs> I mean, I, I from following mm-hmm. from from being a part of this game or this industry, I see. I mean, how. I guess, do, it, were, 
commenting on other photos and being a part of the food Instagram community. And it seems like, does that help? Like the, Oh, like the following grow your following by supporting others. Is there a strategy involved in, in that? Or is it now kind of just a little luck? You know what it is? (laughs) Yeah. I honestly think it's like a luck slash Instagram picks their favorites and then just, uh, like locks out anybody else. (laughs) No, but I mean, that's what it feels like. Uh, it used to be that way that like, if you were somebody who was on it a lot and engaging a lot and commenting and liking and whatever, then that would help grow your following. It used to be that way. Now, it almost seems like if you do that too much, it like blocks you. Now it's like if you use the same hashtags, it shadow bans you. What um, does that mean? You don't shadow know about ban. the shadow ban? No, I was just oh about to ask God. you about hashtags. <laughs> do they matter? What's the shadow ban? <laughs> Sorry. I feel like okay. I feel like I, I should oh. know this. Oh, you should. It's fantastic. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, watch me get kicked off of Instagram in two seconds. Uh, but anyway, no. So what it is, is if you use the same hashtags too much, like for instance, I copy and paste my hashtags. I have different sets of them mm-hmm. for the type of content that I'm posting. So it's still strategic, but like I'm also really lazy. So I copy and paste it. If um, Instagram feels that you're using... The same hashtag too much and you are automating your content in any way it will block your post from showing up under that hashtag so you know when you look under a, a hashtag to see all the photos that have been posted under said hashtag if it if instagram is like no f you um you've used this too much they are not going to put your photo under that hashtag isn't that wow. fantastic yeah when did that start? Um, you know, I want to say it was about a year ago. Oh, I could be I'm wrong. Really um, yeah, <laughs> that's why I was like, "What?" Um, yeah, I think it was that. But isn't that isn't that freaking insane? Can I curse on here? Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yes, you may. <laughs> yes, you may. You know um, me. I was like, I've been trying to hold it back this whole time. I feel. I feel there was. See, I. I think I tried for a little while. I was doing the cut and paste thing. Yeah. And then I just stopped. And now I like hashtags. Right. I mean, I, I kind of have fun with them. Totally. I don't really think they do anything in my own, but I still do them. I'm kind yeah. of like addicted to doing hashtags. Well, I think that they, I definitely think that it's necessary. And I think it's something, I yeah. still do it on every single post. But yeah, I do copy and paste them. But like I said, I just have different sets yeah. of like, depending on what it is, like for cooking and things, for recipes, yeah. whatever. But um, yeah, no, it's definitely something you should do and it helps. But there's so much content on Instagram now. There's right. so many users that... You know, it's hard. It's hard to even get searched in there. So that's why uh, shadow ban. <laughs> well, I hope Instagram doesn't block my uh, solo dining hashtag because that is the the one I use most consistently. You might want to check it. There's a site. That's interesting. There's a website I never you thought can about check. it. There's a website you can check to see if you're posting. Thought it was like my band. hashtag, my thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it probably is, but still. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna check. Yep. I don't. I don't think I abuse it. Yeah, but uh, I'm sure I good. do solo dine. <laughs> okay, so on that note, we're gonna take a little break. We're gonna come back and play my speed round game and talk some industry news. Yay. This is all in the industry and Heritage Radio Network. Hey, thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. This is Katie, HRN Executive Director, and I'm so excited to share with you our coverage from the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. We are here live today at Charleston Wine and Food. Join us as we talk all things food. Come to Charleston, eat some seafood. Eat all of the seafood. Chicken fried chicken with chorizo steak and salsa verde mashed potatoes. So quintessentially like Southern fare. At its finest. And have important conversations. We're also talking about professional women in restaurants and how underrepresented they are. People of color in restaurants and how they're not talked about. 
We Get Real with Food Network's Manit Chauhan. Balance is BS. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was, yeah, I was told that uh, I wasn't going to be bleeped out. And find out about raising sugarcane with Chef Sean Brock. It's like being Indiana Jones or something. You never know what you're going to find. You'll come away inspired by the power of food and the food scene in Charleston. Here's Dr. Jessica B. Harris. Food is constantly in flux. Food is always moving. Food is the only real lingua franca that we have that allows us to connect with other folks. So tune in to Heritage Radio Network on tour at heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you get your podcasts. You can't go wrong. And we're back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Dara Pollock. It's time for my speed round game. I have a feeling you're going to be good at this. All right. I hope so. <laughs> I it, What it is is I name a couple things such as chocolate or vanilla. It's a preference. Oh, and yeah, you, yeah. you pick your preference. Like, Got it. So Got it. <laughs> um, get ready? I'm so ready. Okay. Here we go. Eat in or eat out? In. Wine, beer, cocktail, or mocktail? Uh, cocktail. Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Small plates or large plates? Large. <laughs> Communal table or chef's counter? Ooh, uh, that's actually tough. Chef's counter. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping. Couple more. Mm-hmm. Bacon or any other type of meat? Sherry, I think you know the answer to I that know. question. I know. Well, I like to give <laughs> you some. <laughs> threw one in for you, an easy one. How about... Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook? Instagram. Are you still Snapchatting? No, I haven't used it in forever. Once okay. they came out with stories, yeah. I was like, sorry. That was my, I was I was only on Snapchat for a minute before stories came out. So yeah, I feel like same. it's a younger generation thing yeah. that I'm not, yeah. I never really totally got onto. <laughs> same with me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, two more. Cheese plate or dessert? Oh, cheese plate. Manhattan or Brooklyn. Ooh, Brooklyn. I mean, I recently moved out of here, but, you know, and I always love Manhattan, but I definitely miss it here now, especially being back in Roberta's tier. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I knew you'd be good at that game. You're very quick. Yay. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So uh, industry news. It's so funny. Of course, there's a story this week in the Washington Post titled, no, bacon does not make everything better by Tim Carmen. Oh my and god! And I saw that title. I was like, Stop. of course we have to talk about it. So that is offensive. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. This piece is basically arguing that, or saying bacon became really popular many years ago, and he was he had some numbers about just statistics on yeah. how popular bacon recipes are and and how well it does. Right. But he's basically saying that there's a time and place for bacon and maybe bacon doesn't have to be on everything. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, as somebody, and you know, I love bacon. Bacon is like a part of my brand at this point. When mm -hmm. people see stuff with bacon, they send it to me. They post it on my Facebook. Like, everyone knows I'm obsessed with bacon. That was, I think it was my first post I ever wrote on my blog was about bacon. Um, either way... I actually kind of agree with that because, you know, it used to be a thing that was like enhancing a dish or just whatever. Um, and it, it is. It's a beautiful, beautiful meat and fat situation. It's salty. It's great. But people really do tend to over bacon things these days. It's like, OK, let's let's kind of tone it back. But I think that that is a 
prime example of a very clickbaity article. Not that that's a bad thing. I think that's yeah. actually great. But, you know, it's like if he's saying that, then that means that he still loves the product. He just thinks that it's gotten a little bit too out of control, it sounds like. Yeah. Right? Yeah, basically that's what he's saying. Yeah. And, uh I don't know. I just, I, I, we had to talk about it. Yeah, no, no. I, I When you said the title, I was like, I am a f- personally offended by this. But now that, yeah, now that I know the details, um, yeah, I definitely love bacon. I would hate to see it go away, but I think that some places just use it a little frivolously, mm-hmm. you know, be strategic about your yeah, bacon use, Yeah, I guys. agree. And I, I love bacon too, but I definitely, I don't want to yeah. eat it every day or on everything for right. sure. Yeah. It's I like could. Spread, you could. We all could. Yeah. Uh, okay. And the other article I had was in the New York Post. The title is De Blasio Eyes Vacancy Tax for Greedy Landlords Seeking Top Dollar. And this mm. was by Rich Calder, Elizabeth Rosner, and Ruth Brown wrote mm-hmm. this together. So I, I mean, I think this is a good thing. I feel, you know, he's saying to put on a vacancy tax mm. on on storefronts and places in in the city that that are that are yeah. obviously vacant and i just think and there's they're saying in the borough there was something in the past um since 2012 to 2017 the vacancy rates doubled from 2.1% to 4.2%. Mm. And I just see as as someone in the industry who follows the, what happens with restaurants yeah. there's been a lot of restaurants that have closed due to the landlord tripling their rent and they're just, it's impossible. And then the places sit empty because the landlords are waiting to get someone someone who can afford it. it. And there's a lot of empty spots in the city. So yeah, I think that there's something to be said about that. It's tough because it's like, well, do you want to have it be all Starbucks and, you know, gaps and Burberries or whatever, like Mm -hmm. all chain stuff? Or do you want it to have more of a neighborhood and more of a, you know, cool type of vibe? You know, I think the West Village is definitely getting to be one of those areas that's like, they're like Tribeca especially is big on that. And, um, yeah, it's like, but is it is it bad to have all the chains or like I'm trying to say like is it yeah. worse to have that or is it worse to have like empty buildings because that can get real sketchy real quick too. I feel like it promotes like loitering and stuff, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. I mean, could. ideally, yeah. I want the the local places, the mom pop shops, of the, yeah. the places with character. I the want them to character. Stay. Thank you, character. Oh my God. That was the word I was looking oh, for. Good. I was like. <laughs> I read your mind. Yeah, I was like, what am I trying to say? Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely what I was thinking. Like, I feel like you want the mom and pop places to stay to give the neighborhood character. Thank you. Yes. Or you get the, like, you know, Starbucks and Gaps and whatever of the world. But, um... Yeah, that's a that's a tricky one, I guess. Yeah, it is, and we'll see. I, it's not the first time I think they've talked about this. Yeah. Um, it just, I you mean, know, it's, it's something coming up. Yeah, and I mean, it just kind of makes me think of my, you know, I used to live in Williamsburg um, and just moved out not long ago, and my area, that area, was prime example of that. I mean, there was all these empty spaces, and then um, I think <laughs> literally when like I moved there in 2010, so I was there before it was like right on the cusp of it You're getting a trendsetter. Cool. I'm such a trendsetter. I know. I'm like. <laughs> so so original it's crazy (laughs) um but literally like i was there when it was like nothing it was all mom and pop places basically when they put a dunkin donuts on north 7th and bedford people were literally picketing outside yeah um and now look at it i mean yes it's definitely lost some of its character but also look at the property value i'm a homeowner i own my place in brooklyn and like you know that's the thing is like you 
it's hard to it's hard to say. <laughs> Depends on what side of it you're on, I guess. Helps with right. the appreciation value, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've just had I've had clients that have closed because totally. of rent increases, and I get it's I, insane. You know, I get I I get the landlord side too, but yeah. I also feel like there has to be like a middle ground and something. I agree when, to make let businesses survive. They just, you know, Absolutely. a restaurant, a cafe just can't make yeah. that much money to, to pay these exorbitant rents. Right. So. I, exactly. And thankfully I don't own a restaurant space, right. so I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah. As of now. So. <laughs> um, okay. Before we take a break, I just want to make a little announcement. Uh, NYC's Taste of the Nation is coming up on Wednesday, April 18th. It's at the Brooklyn Expo Center this year. And this is for No Kid Hungry. They're working to end childhood hunger in America. So the whole event's for a great cause. And there's going to be more than 40 of the hottest chefs and bartenders, sommeliers, all there. There's uh, restaurants like uh, Ferris and High Street and Hudson and Sunday in Brooklyn. Um, I'm going to be there. And uh, if you want to go, go to their website. It's www.events.com nokidhungry.org Okay, we're going to take one more break, come back and we're going to do my solo dining experience and have the final question. This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. This is Only Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience. This week, it's at Contramar. Here's the rundown. The location, Calle de Durango 200 in Mexico City, Mexico. So the concept, it's a modern Mexican seafood restaurant with a vibrant setting. The chef and restaurateur is Gabriela Camara. So why did I go? Because I was in CDMX last weekend, because I always wanted to get there and check out all these amazing restaurants in the food scene, and this place was high on my list. So my experience. So they don't take reservations, and I was a little concerned about the crowd. So I arrived right about when they opened at 12 for lunch, and it wasn't that busy yet by the time I left, the dining room was completely full. But the beauty about getting there at that time was I was able to get a seat outside and sit al fresco, and the weather was just perfect. So I did that. The service team was amazing. I my my server knew knew English, which was helpful, even though I speak a little bit of Spanish. And um, he suggested that I get some half portions because I, I was, you know, I wanted everything. I'm a seafood lover. And um, that ended up being perfect because I was able to try many things. So what did I get? I had a refreshing iced tea to drink. 
And then I had a half portion of raw tuna tostadas. I had a half of soulfish ceviche. And then, so they have this fish. If you if you go on Instagram and look at Contramar, the most Instagrammed dish is this snapper, this snapper. Uh, huge snapper dish that feeds I think four to six people and it has two sauces it has a red sauce and a green sauce and it's 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 beautiful and I wanted it but I'm one person so they made this fish with the same sauces for me they 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 gave me a jackfish which was a smaller fish and it wasn't as as dramatic I guess you'd say (laughs) of a photo when I took it but um I got the flavors and it was delicious and then everything also came with uh complimentary basket of chips and tortillas and sauces and I had a lot of food. <laughs> so my take was I loved it all. I, it was fresh. The seafood was everything was super delicious. Um, it's just my my kind of place. And and having all these half portions was great because I, I was I didn't get over full and I was able to try a lot of things. So the ambiance, um, as I said, I was sitting outside. They have lovely sidewalk seating and it's a big restaurant. It has a windowed doors and it's it's lively and has a bar on one side and has some marine uh, murals and um, it's it's a fun atmosphere so as I said it's perfect for seafood lovers interesting tidbit chef Kamara opened Contramar in 1998 at the age of 23 and um, she did it to bring seafood from the coast to the landlocked Mexico City. She has since opened Entramar, which is also in Mexico City, and she's opened Cala in San Francisco. They all specialize in seafood, so you can get her her food in, in the U.S. Personal fun fact, afterward I strolled around the neighborhood, which was La Condesa, and it was really nice. I found a little park, and then I ventured over to this huge market. It's called Mercada del La Merced. And I, I walked around. It was it was it was kind of crazy. <laughs> but it was cool to see to see when the markets in, in Mexico City. Okay, so the cost of my meal was thirty nine dollars. That's converted into US and concluding everything, including everything. Would I go back? Yes I would. Their website, I'm gonna do it again, www.contramar.com.mx. <laughs> I like it. I like the old old school vibe of the www. No one says it anymore. I'm telling you, I think this is the first time I've done that on this show, but it I don't know. Is, it's very weird to say, you're right, www. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it does sound yeah. a little strange, so, but I like it. I respect it. Yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> I'm glad. Okay, so it's time for the final question. So a little, little, uh, I don't know, announcement about this. So next, my next show I'm having on Eric Bruner Yang. He is a DC-based chef and owner of Makato, Paper Horse, Brothers and Sisters, and Spoken English. The last two I named are part of the New Line Hotel in DC, which is also the home of Full Service Radio. Now, Full Service Radio is this new radio station that is was started up by my former producer and the Heritage Radio's executive producer, Jack Inslee. And so I'm going out to D.C. and I'm going to do my show this Friday from D.C. and um, on full service radio. It's going to be Friday, April 6th at 11 a.m. And then we're going to re-air that show next week at my regular time, Wednesday, April 11th at four o'clock on Heritage Radio. So this is like (laughs) cool. So 
That's the intro. Now, getting back to the question, I need, Dara, can you ask a question for Eric? Yes. That was so much information. I know. I'm like, I'm like on a roll here. <laughs> uh, also, that's my birthday, 411. So, 411. <laughs> happy, happy early birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. So, my question for him, I have so many, but I'm going to try to narrow it down. Okay. What does he think DC does better than New York? This is a food-based question. It doesn't have to be food-specific, but, like, I went to some amazing speakeasies when I was in DC and actually thought that, like, okay, I was like, is this a thing they just do better than we do? Because New York thinks they're the best at everything. So that would be my question. I'd be curious to see what he says about that. That's a great question. And after the show, I'm going to get some of these uh, speakeasies that you know about from my trip. Exactly. Oh, yes. I have to give you a list of them. And it doesn't have to be also like cocktail related. It could be anything like food. You know, we think we do pizza better than everyone, which we do. Um, (laughs) But yeah, stuff like that. That'd be awesome to know. (laughs) I'll find out. It's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. Terrific. Amazing. That's that's the show. Yes. Oh, and the Line Hotel. Um, I'm staying there actually at the one in LA next week. So that's so funny. Universe works in weird ways. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, I've, 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 I've stopped by that hotel. It's nice. I mean, they're expanding their brand. It looks really cool. Brand. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, this is new. It, uh, last time I was in D.C. a year ago, I saw the construction site. Oh, but, wow. um, it's, okay. it's brand new. The restaurants, I'm checking out Eric's restaurant and everything. Oh, amazing. So it's going to be fun. It's, cool. um, so, yeah, so that's if people, I mean, they're also Internet-based. You could you could go t- um, find Full Service Radio or uh, our show. Again, it's going to air next, next week here on Heritage Radio. And it's also, well, as I always say on every show, our shows are, on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify, so you'll be able to find it, and um, it's going to be a fun little adventure. Yeah, it's awesome. So that's the show. Yay! Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was great. Yeah, we could just talk some more. I'm like so impressed with everything you do. <laughs> um, everyone should should follow follow yes, you. I, how did I not plug myself? Yeah, already? sorry. Give at me a skinny plug. at Skinny Pig NYC and <laughs> your website. Yes. Oh, www. I'm so glad you did that. <laughs> Dot. TheSkinnyPigNYC.com. It's a little bit of a long one, but TheSkinnyPigNYC.com. Yes. Yes, and, indeed. Uh, that is Dara Pollock, the Skinny Pig NYC. Yep. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Everyone, you can follow me at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, at All Industry. My Facebook page is All in the Industry. And my website's BayerPublicRelations.com and SherryBayer.com. Yay! Thank you to my engineer today, Vitor, and thanks again to Dara. I'm Sherry Bayer. Uh, tune in next week for the for the show or Friday. Uh, <laughs> you got options. And thank you for being a part of All in the Industry. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? 
rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.